PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Welcome back. You guys know what it's all about. It's the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and REP Suspension. I'm on one today, folks. I am hyped up. I'm excited. The adrenaline is still running high from Washougal Motocross Park where Steve and I got a chance to ride the one and only factory HRC Hondas of Jet Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence, and Chase Sexton. We're going to break down these machines and give you some insight on what it's like to ride a factory bike and, of course, what these guys are looking for in their motorcycles. I learned a lot just by riding them. So excited to talk to you guys here today about all of that and more. So first things first, let's pay some bills. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one and only trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. Please go to KieferIncTesting.com. Click on the new, the one and only Rocky Mountain ATV banner on my site, and that clicks you back over to their site. Continue to live your life, do your shopping, and that gives us a snippet of what you guys are purchasing. It does really help us, guys, so thank you for the people that just take the time and do that. It takes about five seconds, and it really does help us out there and lets them know that you like this damn show and keeps them willing to help us and get these shows up and moving like this one today. So this is an exciting show, so... Let's keep these things moving and shop at Rocky Mountain because it is the best place to go do your shopping. Of course, FXR Racing is coming out with new 2024 gear as well as a vented summer line that is on its way as well. So you guys want to get a code, FXR has it. You just go to FXRRacing.com, use the code KKMX35. That'll save you 35%. And if you're a lady and you kick ass, and you want a special code, I got one for you. Email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I will get you a code that is just for the ladies out there. So you dudes, just chill back, let the ladies handle it, and uh, we'll get you a code. So please go do some shopping over at fxrracing.com. And if you want to get a better suspension spec for your production motorcycle, not a factory bike, but a production motorcycle, uh, REP Suspension, the Mark and the guys over there is the place to go. Use the code... KKREP for a hundred bucks off of any revalve that you're going to get the parts. So if you guys are looking to feel less of the track and have better lean angle traction, no matter what bike, especially if you're on a Yamaha KTM and Kawasaki, because these are the three that I've really had a lot of time on as well as a Honda. So I guess I've had a lot of time on all of them. I forgot about the Honda we just did. So get a better ride, go to REP suspension and all of my 2023 sponsors, Power Motorsports, Works Connection. Team HRC is affiliated with Works Connection, and I actually gave you a wrong code because my head's up my ass sometimes, and I told you the wrong code at Works Connection. It's Kiefer20 to save 20%. Uh, Lit Pro, there's a new Mini S that's available. Check those guys out. Blood Lubricants, 6D Helmets. Kiefer23 is the code to save over at 6D. 
International Vet Motocross Association. If you're an old dude like me, you like to rip around with your boys. IVMX International is the place to go race if you're on the West Coast. Dunlop Motorsports, ProTaper.com, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Decal Works, Alpine Stars, Oakley, and Polysport Plastics. Looking to update your bike? Polysport has all different kinds of colors and flavors for you. Get them over at Rocky Mountain ATV MC. All right. So that was a quick read for you guys. I'm excited to talk about Jet Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence, Chase Sexton's bike. A uh, little backstory. I'm sure you guys know what's going on there, but uh, Steve was at Nashville, and we've been looking to do a factory bike test for a while since we got kind of cock-blocked on the Star Racing deal a couple years back, which is which is whatever. Um, they did substitute that with – we did test Cooper Webb's bike uh, I gotta remember what it was. It's a pre-COVID times, right? Back when Coop was on the on the Yamaha. But for me, uh, this is actually the first real factory bike test that any major magazine or media has done in a long time, especially one at this level. So we tested three bikes at the same time, all of the guys' bikes on one team, which is very rare. So uh, I do owe and Steve owes Lars Lindstrom a huge. Thanks and some gratitude to even get this thing uh, up and moving. And there is a lot of brass over at Honda that may or may not wanted this, but we made it happen, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. And let's just say this. Honda has come a long way from its rigid nature back in the day, and, and not the bike itself. It's just the, sh- the staff structure. It seems more relaxed, more fun, yet they get the job done. Honda itself is... When you think of factory machines and a team that you want to be on, factory Honda is that team. I'm sure if you ask most of the guys in the paddock nowadays, if you could choose one team to be on, it's factory HRC Honda. Uh, Going back from the 80s, from Rick Johnson, David Bailey, Johnny O'Mara, Ricky Carmichael, I mean, you name it. Uh, They've been through HRC, the top elite of elite, and Honda has been unanimous in a lot of these guys' decisions on where they want to go, if they had the choice, and Honda is it. So I get to Washougal on Sunday. I didn't even go to the race on Saturday. just wanted a day at home, been kind of busy. And originally I thought we were just doing Chase's bike as well as Hunter's bike, but then comes to find out we were doing Jet's bike as well, which is awesome because I was thinking about this on the flight home. I was like, the flight home before I got to Washougal, excuse me, I was thinking, man, it would really be nice to break down Jet and Chase's bikes. I feel like most of us know that Chase and Jet have different settings. Their bikes are a little bit different. Their chassis are different. Chase is on a BFRC rear shock. Jet isn't. Of course, little things like handlebars, clutches, and things like that are different. So it's really cool to break those things down. And I never actually had the chance in my whole testing career had the chance to ride two different riders' bikes on the team. So this is actually new for me, and it's exciting. So I was extremely excited when I pulled up and found that out. So that's when the blood started flowing, and I started thinking, and, man, my mind started turning. So I couldn't uh, get on these bikes fast enough. But we are there for the 2024 Alpine Stars uh, motocross gear launch. So thank you to Jeff, Gabriel, Heath, and the guys over there for allowing us to poach their track day uh, for us to test these bikes. It wouldn't not it this this wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the Alpine Stars guys. And as you guys know, I've been a big 
advocate of the boots for many, many years. And uh, their 2024 gear line is unbelievable. Uh, I got a chance to ride in it a little bit uh, during that day. And the Super Tech gear is really comfortable. So if you guys are looking for another set of gear, Alpine Stars does a great job as well. They have many, many things out there for you guys to choose from. But I just owe them a set of gratitude because this would have never happened because it was a tight window to get this thing in. And they allowed us, Steve and I, because we wore different gear to shoot the video and the things with Honda. And uh, they were kind enough to allow us to do that. I had some asshole on social media saying it's bullshit that you wore different gear. But we got permission before we got there. We just didn't, you know, uh, get there and say, oh, yeah, we're wearing different gear. Suck it. We, uh, we, we got permission. So just FYI and thank you to the people over at Alpine Stars. Uh, okay, so... Another bit of a, of information before we go on with this test. I just want to do all this right at the top of the show. All of the guys over at the Honda HRC tent, man, they are some of the best dudes that I have been around within a team um, in quite some time. Uh, like I said, back in the day when you walked over at Honda, maybe you didn't see as many smiling faces as you do now or happy-go-lucky people or I don't know if it's just because of the the management that they're under but they seem like they're having a good time yet getting the job done of course the quality of HRC is still there but just being around the guys on Sunday they didn't have to be there I mean maybe they did because the Alpine Stars launched but even if you have to be there maybe you don't have the best attitude those guys the mechanics and the whole team, they work their ass off during the whole week, and then they travel to the races, and they got to be there all day, the stress of it all, and then they got to show up the next day when normally they should be home. They're there with Steve and I, and they seem generally okay with it. They seemed happy. They, I'm a fairly good read of people, and I didn't get the vibe like, oh, yeah, hey, what's up? Yeah, we're here. Thanks a lot for fucking us over and making us be here on a Sunday. All great dudes, which for me is – is really important and it makes me happy that these guys seem to generally like to work with one another. That's from the outside looking in. So for us fans wondering what it's like to be at HRC Honda, it seems really, really fun. And it's not as sticky or rigid as it used to be back in the 90s when it just seemed all business. Like when Roger DeCoster uh, was around Honda, it just seemed like it was, wasn't a lot of fun. So, but now with Lars being the team manager, and it's been like this for a little while, it just seems like it's a little looser, more fun, but yet uh, still strict enough where they can get the job done and they they have a, a good result doing it. Obviously, with Hunter and Jet leading the championship, it it shows a good work environment is very, very important, and it seemed that way on Sunday. Uh, how the day was structured, just to give you detailed information. We got 15 minutes on each bike, which for some of you may be thinking, oh, that's not a, not a lot of time, but that is more time than I thought I was going to get. With a lot of these race engines and chassis parts, there is a time limit that they uh, allow on each part. doesn't matter who it's for, just for safety reasons, and that is the quality of race teams and factory teams is, hey, we're going to time out certain parts at a certain time, and you can't go over it just for safety reasons because these are race machines. They're not built for durability they're built to last a certain amount of time and then hey we got to wrap it up time it out and we move forward so 
Steve and I got 15 minutes each um, on three bikes. So a total of 45 minutes, 15, 15, 15. And uh, that seemed to be plenty of time for me to feel my way around each bike and maybe a little bit too much time for Steve as he got mass arm pump <laughs> within two or three laps. But to be expected, Steve doesn't ride as much as I would like him to. And uh, having a factory HRC 450 underneath you has got to be uh, pretty gnarly when you don't get to ride that much. So uh, I started out on Hunter's 250. We agreed that it would be better to start on the 250 and work our way up versus go backwards. Um, I had to take care of some stuff with Alpine Stars. Steve actually went out on, I want to say Jet's bike. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, maybe it wasn't Jet's bike. Yeah, it was Jet's bike. So he went out on the 450s, and then the last thing he rode was the 250. So let me just tell you, we'll, we'll start with Hunter's bike just because it's easy and we don't have to compare anything to. For those of you wondering, like, oh, Hunter doesn't have as good of an engine as a star bike. Not to say that I have ridden a star 250 because I wanted to and we didn't get a chance to. Uh, I've ridden some fast Yamaha 250 engines in the past. And let me tell you, this Honda is not lacking in any torque category. For some of you that say, oh, they're getting pulled off a start. That's not really necessarily true. It's a lot of technique and how you get the jump off the gate. There is a shit ton of torque and RPM response on this HRC 250. Holy crap. The last time I rode a Honda 250 was the Geico bike back in, I think, 2017-ish. And it is so much better than that Geico Honda that I rode that it's unbelievable. And where it's better at is on the front side of the engine. Uh, for those of you that do not know what that means, that means low-end, bottom-end RPM response that is the front side of the engine. That snap of the throttle, how it delivers the power once you're out of the corner. There is a shit ton of low-end response and torque coming out of a corner. So from a production standpoint, the Honda 250 doesn't have a lot of that in standard form. It does have good RPM response, but maybe not the torque numbers like the Kawasaki and the Yamaha do. So then you, you, you paint this HRC 250 up and you go ride it. And I didn't have a huge expectation of torque when it comes to the 250, but holy hell, man. It is very, very difficult in the world of engine building to get a free-feeling engine, yet have the torque feeling that you get out of a corner. Usually when you get a free feel, you have that spooling up free feeling, like wop, wop, really free. You don't have a lot of torque. You just have a lot of response. And maybe you don't get that that torque feel until the mid to top end range where you have a lot of mid to top end pull. But this bike, holy hell, man, it comes out of the corner in second gear. Doesn't rev as far as I would like to in second gear, but what it does do is gives you the option to run third gear. And I say this a lot within production-based tests, and there is a thing called recovery that you might hear me say a lot within my my articles and, and these podcasts, is the recovery is how quick you can fan the clutch and get back in the meat of the power and down down the track. With production bikes, there is good recovery. You fan the clutch and it gets down the track. But with this HRC Honda, if I'm in third gear, granted, I'm, I suck compared to Honda Lawrence, right? I can run third gear in these corners that were tight 
after the finish line at Washougal, if you can paint that picture in your mind, those tight 180 corners, I can leave that son of a bitch in third gear, and I don't even really have to fan the clutch. I can just give it more throttle, and it, like, recovers by itself without the fan of the clutch, which is unbelievable. I I loved it. I personally couldn't believe how much response and how much torque it had in third gear. Now, if I wanted to get out of the corner in, in, in more of a hurry, I just use second, and then I could shift at any point. I, don't, I mean, I could shift later down the straight and it was fine, but, man, I could shift right away, and it didn't break loose. It didn't really uh, upset my technique coming out of a corner. I didn't have to lift up on the shifter a lot. It's very easy to shift, and there's just a lot of freedom within this bike. It is the best, oh, i got to say, man, it's probably the best 250 bike that I have ever ridden as far as engine package. So much torque, so much RPM response. It sounds beefy when you're, when I'm on top of it and I'm riding it, this thing, it sounds so mean. It sounds really loud, honestly, but it has that good racy feel to it. What I did notice that was kind of unique is, Hunter has this thing set up where there's a lot of engine braking in second gear, yet third gear, usually you're going to get less regardless, right, because you're going up higher in the gear. But there is a lot of a difference between second and third gear engine braking. There is, like, nearly none in third gear when you're coming into the corner. Like, none. So free wheel feel is very high in third gear. But second gear had a lot of engine braking where it made the front end feel heavy. And that leads me to the chassis portion of this thing. In the world of Honda frames, chassis feel, 250 and 450, it is a stiff-natured feel. On paper, not so much. It is one of the softer-natured chassis, but when you ride it, it feels really edgy. It feels really um, harsh. Now, that's in the production world. You get on Hunter's 96 bike, and lean-angle traction is unbelievable on throttle lean angle traction on some light square edgy type bumps that was buried underneath the they they graded the track right for us on sunday but yet some of those bumps are still underneath where they back drug uh the track i can still feel those and with hunter's bike i had a very very high contact patch feeling uh with his frame lean angle on throttle which is not existent that much on a production frame. Now, I didn't get the nuts and bolts of the frame of Hunter's bike. I don't know how much work has been done to it. It's not as apparent as his brother's bike on the 450, but, man, there is a lot of front-end feeling on Hunter's bike. It almost feels like the the front wheel is is tucked in underneath you a lot, and it feels heavy. One thing that's very unique about Hunter and Jet's bike is their steering is super, super stiff. If you're an off-road guy and you have a steering dampener, which all of these guys do, they have a built-in steering dampener up front, this steering is is on like you're riding a West Coast Heron Hound where they just crank in that steering dampener and it's stiff. Uh, right when I left the pit, there's a social media post of me clicking Hunter's bike into gear and leaving the, the pit area I go to lean and turn my handlebars out of the the trailer, and I'm like, holy shit, man. It it took me a minute to feel it, so I'm moving the bars back and forth on my way out to the track. It is a stiff nature feel, 
which I like and dislike. And the reason why I like it is because you can jump into bumps and you don't get a lot of deflection. You get a lot of a, of a tire contact patch. You get a heavier front end feel, and that front end seems to stick to the ground better than if you have a lighter steering feel. That is the positive. The negative is it might have a little bit heavier of a tip in. So when I go to tip into the, in the corners, it takes a little bit more effort for me to tip in. But once I get past that initial point, tons of traction, tons of feel, tons of positivity, more than I've ever felt out of a Honda ever, period. And I've ridden some factory Hondas back in the day, and this is the most I've ever felt. Uh, another thing that's to be noted is along with that heavy feel, uh, there, this thing can cut down area two to area three. If the rut is blown out, which happened a lot at Washugo when we rode, I can simply just cut down, and it would have so much tire bite. Don't know if it's the way his bike is set up. Don't know if it's the spec front tire. I've got that feeling with some spec front tires in the past, but, man, it you just look at a area of the rut that's screwed up and you want to cut underneath it, and this bike does it initially. As long as it wasn't in the area one in the initial part of the corner, if it was in the middle part, it was the most simple thing to do. I could just cut down underneath it. Or if I didn't even want to use the shallow rut that was around Washougal, I could go six to eight inches below it and just kind of form a new one without an issue, leaning with the knobbies and having lots of tire contact feel. It was amazing. It is a front-wheel bias machine. He really likes a soft front end. Coming from me, also, you know, he's 160 pounds. I'm 15 pounds heavier than him. But I haven't had this feeling where I'm bottoming a factory fork. I actually bottomed Hunter's fork. And this is when I was jumping in the whoops. If I jumped a little long in the whoops, and the whoops at Washugo are very close together, um, I would get a little bit of a top-out feel and bottoming at the end of the stroke, which was very rare for me, but... I actually prefer that because I would rather have a little bit of a softer feel than have a rigid feel. And I'm sure most of these guys, well, I don't know most of them. I would sure to say Jet and Hunter are similar in the fact they run softer front ends for front end feel. Maybe it's the way they grew up in Europe and the tracks that they rode in Australia because I've heard they rode some really shitty, gnarly tracks when they're in uh, Aussie town. So, uh, shit, man. There is... A lot of front-end feel within that fork. It moves quite a bit for a factory fork, yet doesn't give you that pitching sensation off-throttle. So there's enough dampening within that mid-stroke of that Showa factory fork that it doesn't dive. If you look at some of these videos that we'll have up on RacerX, you'll see it get low a little bit, but it doesn't give you an unbalanced feel when you're off-throttle. So it, it's, it's a unique fork feeling that I don't really get that often. When I get a fork that's initially soft, it's usually divey or it's super springy. Not in this case. Like it had a lot front end feel. It had enough um, depth within the fork off throttle to make me pivot a lot more friendly than I've ever felt in any bike in a very, very long time. Until we talked about jet. We'll talk about jets in a minute. But until then, I was like, wow, pretty amazing. The, the negative for me is obviously, again, I'm going to say this. I suck compared to any of these guys. So I'm giving you a real-world feel here from just an average dude. But in the whoops, it seemed like the rear of the bike pushed the front more than I would like. 
I I was pretty bad in the whoops, honestly, at the beginning of the of the test. One, I was nervous. I didn't want to crash anybody's bike. Hunter was going to ride his bike, so I didn't want to fuck up his bike and then have the team try to hurry up and fix the bike before he went out on it. So we shared the bike during the day. So I was a little bit timid. Haven't been to Washougal in years, and I wasn't exactly killing the whoops. But from when I was trying to skim it, um, it just seemed like the front was softer and the rear was a little bit firmer, and it pushed the front end um, in that area. But everywhere else, I didn't really get that sensation. So very strong engine, the most torque that I have felt out of any 250 in a very long time, factory bike, period. And uh, a chassis that wasn't Honda-esque, more comfort, better lean angle feel. And it just, it just provided you a, a feeling of safety. There was a wide window of safety, which, which I like. Um, sure, could you? I wanted a little bit more low-end torque. I probably could have used a little bit more for my fat ass, but there was no no need for response, man. It had a shit ton of response. There was a little bit of um, ECU popping, but past that, it ran clean, strong, and that kind of kicked off my excitement to ride the other 450s. And for those of us saying, oh, Hunter's bike isn't as good as the others, that's false, man. You can go back and look at some starts, Hunter's bike is amazing off the start. Um, it just depends on the rider, obviously, how the technique is when they come out of the gate. The engine, if I was on the line with that engine, I would feel no issues about being underpowered on a 250. So I know that topic comes up a lot within the media about Hondas maybe not being as good as the star bikes, and I, I disagree. I feel like this bike is on par with the star bike. Uh, for me, I feel like it, feels really light and nimble and narrow and uh you can't really say that about a yamaha so hunter's bike impressed me a lot um lars gave me some sheets to fill out and one of the things that i was saying on the sheet is just how much safety it gives me just for the average guy i was expecting it to be a lot more rigid than i was you know i I hopped on i was like oh it's gonna be rigid i'm just gonna be stiff uh, that wasn't the case at all with Hunter's bike. Now, moving on to Jet and Chase's bike, we'll kind of combine these two together. This is what I really want to know. This is what we've been looking at all year. We've been watching these two guys race all year, Supercross uh, with Chase, and now this outdoor series with Jet riding unbelievably. You would never would have thought, you know, Chase as smooth and fluid and his technique as great as it is before Jet even got on the 450. We saw Jet have this technique on a 250, but you didn't really appreciate it, at least for me, until he got on the 450. And now that you watch Jet ride a 450, it almost looks like Chase is like Eli Tomac, where a little more bulldog-ish, not as smooth, but yet Chase is unbelievable, and he's smoother than anyone else. But these two guys are so far ahead of the technique game than anyone else, it's hard to imagine. So we've heard, maybe if you've gone on Vital, Vital does a really good job at times to put up some really cool, interesting photos on these pit bits. I don't know how much the manufacturers like them, but we get to learn a lot about what's going on underneath these guys um, with the frames and the engines and the setups that they have. Uh, We've heard that Jet and... Chase have 
different chassis. And that is true. It's no secret. Jet has a little bit more of, um, on paper, a stiffer frame. Where that is stiffer is coming on the down tube. I'm sorry, not the down tube. In the front of the frame right here, they add a little bit of a, of a they weld a piece right there to get a little bit more, more stiffness out of the frame. That doesn't necessarily, at sometimes doesn't mean it's going to be stiffer on the track. Again, we feel, us mere mortals, feel like the Honda is rigid. But at, I think it's because it's flexing so much and we're hitting under load that it's snapping back and just like it's flexing so much and doing these things that makes it feel like it has a lot of rigidity. Well, when you get a pro on it, that's going to be even worse. Depending on the rider, and again, Jet and Chase have completely different styles, right? Even though they both smooth and they look great on the bike, Chase is a little bit different. I've learned this whole thing uh, while I'm riding these bikes in Washougal. I really tried hard to think about the rider while I was riding his bike. I wasn't there to be like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this. It's not for me. I mean, I suck. It's not for me. I think about how Jet rides the bike. I think about how Chase rides the bike. Uh, on the plane ride to Washougal, I studied these guys' styles on a couple of races and tried to dissect what I thought and made some bullet points of what I thought I wanted to feel or try to feel when I rode these bikes. So sitting, in, sitting on these bikes, they do feel a little bit different as well. Jet uses a stock clutch lever and a different hydraulic system than Chase. Chase uses a, an arc-style lever, a um, little bit different pull. Chase, his 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 clutch lever, man, is so far out there compared to Jet as far as the length of from the bar to the lever is really far out there. Of course, we know Hunter and Jet, they both run their levers really far inward. And some of you guys are like, oh, it's technique-based. No, it's not. What I've learned is their dad, back when the, the boys were young, they would crash and break levers. Well, it, it costed a lot of money over, over time, so their dad would just run their levers really far in so they wouldn't break levers. That's basically what the difference was. So um, there's some differences between Jet and Chase's bike with the levers. Uh, Chase's bars are a little bit longer. Uh, they're a little bit more swept back than Jet's. So for me, Jet's bike felt a little bit more neutral sitting on it. Um, but for sure, there are some differences just Sitting there looking at the bikes, there are some differences. Chase on the BFRC, Jet is not. So when I hopped on Jet's bike, again, expecting it to be stiff-natured, wrong. Best 450 I've ever ridden in my life. I've ridden a lot of factory 450s. I will have to give credit to the team, to Jet, to Dazzy, their dad. This is the most comfortable 450 factory machine that I have ever ridden to date, man. It is unbelievable. This would be every working man's factory bike. Most of you listening on this episode right now could hop on Jet's bike and feel comfortable. You wouldn't be like, oh my God, it's so stiff. I can't do that. But yet if I charge, it holds up really well. It does all of that. It has a blend of comfort. It has uh, what we call easeability. Yes, that's a word. Easeability of the engine. Oh my gosh. It's so easy to ride. Just rolling out on the track, I'm like, oh wow, doesn't have a really big hit. But yet when you're going up horsepower hill, holy fuck, hold on. 
but it's a seamless transition. There's not a lot of hit there. So it just, I don't want to call it deceiving power because it's so connected to the rear wheel from your throttle. Before I get too excited and start going all over the place with this because I get excited and my mind starts wandering. So let's break down the engine first. Normally, if you get a CRF 450RWE, very linear, easy to ride, not a lot of hit. Uh, the, the Wii engine is very smooth, smoother than the standard R. Jet's engine is more like the Wii, but on steroids, yet still smooth. It is very difficult to get the connectivity that Jet and Honda have with this 450. I can use second gear, roll on the throttle to the right-hander going up horsepower hill, the bike is connected. It sticks to the ground. I'm not worried about it stepping loose, breaking to the side. It is connected, and it's ready to eat up that mountain. So then you go over that little Trey Kennard scrub double, which I thought about Trey the whole time. Every time I went over that damn thing, I thought about Trey scrubbing it and eating crap, and I never scrubbed it. I looked like a swordfish coming out of the ocean because I was so scared to, to scrub it, even though it wouldn't have been near as good as Trey. I did not want to nose pick that thing at all this bike shot up the mountain in third gear i did not have to shift into fourth it revved so far but yet it had so much meat within the mid-range going up you better be ready to hang on because if you're not shifting your weight forward it'll pull you backwards real quick but there's no real abrupt hit within jet engine at all none nowhere it's responsive it's very crisp and responsive, but yet it's not herky-jerky. It's not an on-off feel when you're rolling corners. I can simply, if I wanted to come into area one of the corner with Jet's bike and just get into the mid part of the throttle, 50% throttle, it would allow me to do that. It invited me to do that. Like, you ever rode behind a good guy coming into a corner and you're like, holy shit, I can't believe he got on the gas that early because maybe your throttle point is later than his in the corner? I felt like my throttle point was sooner with Jet's bike than Chase's bike, and we'll get to Chase's bike in a minute, just because of how connected and easy it is to ride on low RPM situations. So I thought about this while I'm riding, right? I thought about Jet while I'm riding, and I told him this when I was here. I thought about him because how he rolls his corner so easy and how we watch him on TV and we're like, it doesn't even look like the motherfucker is trying at all. It's probably really, really disheartening for these guys to watch, these competitors to watch him ride. They're like, is he even trying? But yet he's pulling away in his lap time show. His bike invites that. That's how smooth it is. I've never felt anything like it. The smoothest power, yet so broad, so linear, and there's so much of it that we talk about this window. There's a wide window of how you want to ride. You want to be aggressive? No problem. You want to be lazy and be in third gear? Sure, no problem. This is what this engine invites you to do. It took me literally one lap to figure it out. And I was talking to you guys about the whoops, how I kind of sucked in the whoops. It, it, it made me have so much confidence initially. Like I wasn't even tripling, tripling in. I was like, ah, I'm going to double, single, kind of messy. Just didn't look like shit. Uh, with Jet Spike, brap, 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 no problem. It was, it, it was so freaking easy to ride it blew my mind i did have to get used to his lever situation a little bit it took me a little bit you know of some time because how far they're running in but man it, it's 
sometimes I'll get quiet on this on this podcast just because I'm thinking out loud. I'm I'm reminiscing of what it was like, and it's hard to put into words. And hopefully, you guys can watch the Racer X video and get more of this. But this is the more detailed breakdown and the thoughts that I have while I was doing it, and it was mind blowing to me of how much connectivity this engine gave me to the rear wheel. Rolling on the throttle wasn't an issue at any point. You know how shiny Washugal gets. There's just a lot of traction, man, and it invites him to ride how he wants to, and it makes sense to me after riding his bike of how early he gets on the throttle and how smooth he is on the throttle because this bike allows it, simply put. Vibration? None. I told Lars when I got back, I go, this doesn't feel like a Honda. It just simply doesn't feel like a Honda to me where mid to high RPM situation, there's a lot of vibration in the production bike. This has none of that. Uh, it has no, you know, huge points of rigidity where I'm like loading the bike and I'm like, oh yeah, I can feel like it's pretty stiff in that area. Doesn't have that. Doesn't have that Honda feel. I really wish a lot of you could experience how good this chassis and this engine combination is. Now, moving on to the like the lean angle traction. Uh, so. Honda 450s, when you're on throttle, just like we talked about on the 250, it seems to deflect. It's even more so on the 450. When I'm going up to that road jump near the back and they have that sweeper, there's like a little tabletop and a sweeper. There is some chop within that sweeper. The bike stayed glued to the ground. Never once deflected or moved sideways. It really, it, I would really have to mess up a lot to really make the bike do anything that I do didn't expect it to do. Very consistent, if I guess I can describe a phrase for this bike. Very consistent and connected. Now, jet suspension is what really blew my mind, if, if I haven't been mind-blown already. His fork is something that I've never felt before in a fork, and I talked about Hunter's fork a little bit. It's kind of like that, but yet more playful, and playful in the fact that the initial part of Jet's fork is very free-moving. So when we watch Jet hop, skip, bunny hop, these little things all around the track, right? I got that sensation around Washugal. Again, they backdrug the track, but yet the bumps are still there. And leading into some of these corners after the finish line, there was like, you know, a breaking bump, almost like little tables coming into these corners, like right, right in the corner, right when you get to the corner, there's like little tabletops, like four foot, right? And you have to go set up, and then you're right into a rut. The suspension soaks up and hops that stuff so well that it invites you to jump right in the corner. Along with his steering, right? So now you got this playful initial part of the fork, and now you have this tight steering. You can land in the pockets of these ruts and just glue yourself into the rut right. I mean, you can jump into the rut and just corner the bike so easy. I told him that, and I go, and he, he may think I'm fucking crazy, right? Like, I could be telling him this shit, and he'd be like, yeah, I don't know, man. You're crazy. It's just how I ride. But the bike invites you to do that. I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm a leech. But yet, it invited me, like, hey, man, you want to jump in this rut? You can land in me, and you can turn. No problem. Yep, can do that. Obviously, it doesn't look as good, but it allows you to do that because the combination of the fork being so playful initially to allows you to hop over things and the steering being tighter to where it's not going to oversteer or knife when you go into the rut. It's calm. 
you can lay your bike into the corner and, and make the corner with no problem. It's like, brap, sit down the air. Okay, land, brap, corner. That's how quick it is. That's how easy it is to do on Jet's bike. It wasn't that easy to do on Chase's bike. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, like, it was so easy to open up the track with Jet's machine. If I wanted to hop, skip, and jump these little small bumps, that's available because the fork was so lively initially. It was softer than I ever thought it would be. Now, big, heavy loads, big, sharp jump faces, like before the sand wall, there's that triple, or after the sand wall, you go around that sweeper that I was talking about, and you do the road jump going over. That road jump's steeper than it looks like on video. We got there on Sunday morning, and we jumped it. I'm like, holy shit, that thing pitches you up pretty high. It's a fun jump, but yet the transition is pretty sharp. And when you have a fork that moves initially a lot and has that soft feeling, it usually dives and then springs back up and doesn't give you a lot of confidence to run near the front end of the bike. Well, the dampening is so good and so linear, and there's no shelf, what we call a shelf, like a wall when you hit that midstroke. It has such quality dampening feel that you can ride over the front and it actually compresses past that initial part of the stroke and then just gives you some quality, beefy dampening in the midstroke. So now you have a blend of this soft-natured front-end feel for the small stuff so you can pick up, you can feel your front-end when you're going in these corners, you can feel your front-end when you hit small breaking bump-type chatter shit that's all over Washougal, but then you have that nice dampening feel if you need to get into a jump and really just and push your front end over the over the top of the jump, right? It doesn't it doesn't really blow through and then spring up. For you enduro riders or Grand Prix riders that ride uh, moto, sometimes and you have your off road setup. You know how good your stuff is on the small shit, and then you go to a motocross track and you're like, "Holy hell, man! I'm diving through these jumps. It's springy, like it's scary." That is such not the case with Jet's fork. I was really really impressed of how different each part of the stroke feels within his fork and it's it's unheard of it's really really tough to get that you want hold up you're going to get a firmer feel you want softness you're going to have a a fork that bottoms and blows through i'm sure all these factory guys if they listen or the tuners that are listening to this you guys understand that this had a blend and i don't know how they achieved it maybe because of the chassis and the fork combination but it had a blend of playfulness and quality quality dampening feel. Now, it is softer than I expected on the fork side. I did bottom it a couple times, and I do get a top-out feel on occasion when it's when I'm hitting something quick. A top-out feel is like that little slop or that, if I can make a noise, that little slop feeling if your, your fork's fully extended. You get that little, like some play feeling out of your front end. Some of you guys may think, oh, my steering is loose, but it's the top-out feeling in a fork. I do get some of that, but yet when you get a top-out feel, sometimes that means your fork is quick or there's a lot of preload and it makes the fork snap back really quick. I didn't have a quick-natured fork feel. I just would get that top-out feel from time to time. So a really unique setting by Jet, and <laughs> it's quite amazing to me. I've ridden a lot of bikes. I do a lot of testing, and it's when, you, when I come across something I haven't felt that much, if at all, I get excited because it's, man, I, I felt like I've, I've seen, felt it all around the last 20, 25 years. Well, this was something completely new for me, and I'm really excited because, man, it's it just very, very rare. So 
you guys out there, when you watch Jet come Unadilla, and it's going to be choppy, it's going to be like that. Let's watch how he hops around some of these small bumps, and his bike invites him to do that. And then watch him land heavy on some of these landings on, at Unadilla. When he loads that front end, it still has enough quality dampening to really soak some of that up. His bike follows the ground really, really good. That's what I've come across this whole thing. When I, when I charge stuff, there's a lot of traction. I get a lot of movement, but yet it doesn't feel quick. There's a blend of dampening, and you have some quickness to make the wheels follow the ground very good. It's just a unique feel. And I appreciate that he doesn't like his stuff super stiff. He's a little lighter than me as well. And although I did bottom it a couple times, but man, again, I'd rather bottom than have a rigid feel, especially on a Honda. So the guys, I know they've done a lot of work um, ECU-wise to make that connectivity, chassis-wise to get the comfort up for Jet. I know Chase rode with that frame in Supercross, and he had some success with it, so I understand why. But, man, it is a really unique feel. Hey, guys, before we move on to Chase's bike, stay tuned for these commercials. Listen to them. Stay tuned. We'll be back in about seven minutes. There's some discount codes in here. Save yourself some money. Be right back. Team HRC Honda. ScreenPrintingDone.com My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like, let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! ScreenPrintingDone.com I know it's tough sometimes, guys. What engine oil should I run? What weight? Synthetic or non-synthetic? It's tough. But you guys, I've been running blood lubricants for about two and a half years now. I've had great results. If you guys are looking for some great oil, the Barracuda Blood Series 1040 is what we run in all of our test bikes here. Um, it's specifically formulated for the most brutal racing conditions on earth. Look, heat, high humidity, silt, mud, whatever you got, this Barracuda Blood 1040 can handle it. 1040 is a great weight for most motocross and off-road machines, even though maybe your uh, owner's manual says run 530 or 1050. To me, 1040 is a great weight. Check it out. Barracuda Blood Series. Um, it's been through Baja 1000, the 500, Mint 400, Vegas, Torino. All of our test bikes here. 100% synthetic oil. It's great stuff. Uh, you put it in, and I run about two and a half engine hours. I take it out, and man, it still comes out pretty damn clean. So, you can use the code Kiefer at checkout over at bloodlubricants.com. Save yourself 25% off a case of oil. They have all different kinds of stuff. They have suspension oils. They've got sprays, chain lubes, whatever it is for oil-related stuff for your off-road motorcycle. Check out bloodracing.com. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. 
but he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar. But yet, I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend. And that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com. They have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. You guys want to go check out the new 2023 Yamaha YZs? Thinking about buying one? Or maybe a two-stroke? The new YZ 450F is narrower, more compact, and lighter. It's built to do one thing, go faster. Don't worry, the old tried-and-true 2023 YZ250F, no changes for 2023, but still the great same shootout winning 250F. And it's all over at Power Motorsports. So go check them out. Get your new Yamaha from the number one Yamaha dealership in the USA. The pros at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it here. That's right. The one and only Kiefer Tested Podcast. Call or text 503-769-8888 and ask for the power price. I don't even care where you're at in the USA. Maine, California, Florida, Washington, just go visit them, powermotorsports.com, or hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over there at Power and let you go rip around on your new scooter. So fun. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and stupid. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential, and, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times. Get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate. 
and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. You like to go ride? Are you over the age of 30 like myself? Well, guess what? There's an association where you can go racing and you have a great time. Five motos over the complete weekend. You can go to oldtimersmx.com, but they're going to change their name to International Vet Motocross Series. You can check them out here very soon. But several races over several months all over the western United States. It's going to be a fun time. And let me tell you guys, I just went racing last week, and it is a great time. If you haven't been out racing in quite some time and you're an older gentleman or a lady, they have plenty of classes for you. There's people out there that enjoy riding and racing dirt bikes just like yourself, but hey, you got to go do it. You got to go check them out right now. Go to oldtimersmx.com. But again, we're going to change our name up to IVMX, International Vet Motocross Association. So go look for them. And if you have any questions about the series, hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com, and we'll get you out there and have some fun, get some gate drops. We are back with the show. Check it out. Chase's bike up on deck. Uh, moving on to Jets, I'm sorry, moving on to Chase's bike. Now, it's just, it's more Honda-like for me, okay? With the shock and the frame differences, for me, it feels stiffer nature. It likes to be ridden, ridden hard. When I charged bumps, like I jumped down some of these hills and I landed in some of these bumps that were hidden because they were back drug, like I said, it soaked it up amazing. It actually soaked it up better than Jets at some times because... It would just hit it, and it wouldn't react as quick. It has a, has a deader feel than Jet's bike. But it has more vibration than Jet's bike. It's not as good on lean angle on throttle traction as Jet's bike, but yet doesn't feel as front-end heavy as Jet's bike. And I can kind of understand um, why Chase would want that. In the whoops at Washougal, I felt like Chase's bike was less front-end biased. It that rear end didn't want to push the front end through the bumps. It wanted to stay down, and the front end wanted to stay up, which was better to skim those whoops so I could get through those things better. Hence, his style is a little bit more, I don't want to say bulldog because he's not. He's very, very finesseful, but it's more bulldog of a style than jet. So I understood that while I was riding this bike. And again, we can all talk about, oh, Chase loses the front end a lot. He washes out. I kind of can understand that as well. Chase pushes the envelope, right? He's pushing his bike, and I feel like there's not as much lean angle patch or lean angle uh, traction as there is on Jet's bike. When I come into a corner, I don't get that heavy front-end biased feeling on Chase's bike like I do Jet's bike. It's very neutral. Um, it doesn't go down as far in the stroke as Jet's bike when I come into a corner. So that initial part, area one of the corner, is not quite as good as Jet's. Although Jet's bike feels heavy because of that steering and that heavy front-end nature feel, um, I get more traction on Jet's bike. So Chase doesn't want that front-end heavy feel. He prefers a little bit more of a neutral setting, and he wants both of his rear end and his fork on his, and his front end to work together without that weight weighted feeling coming in the front end. 
if you can think about it, and Washougal is a special case because it doesn't get that rough in the realm of outdoor nationals. I understand why Chase wants a little bit more of a rear wheel uh, weighted machine than a front wheel weighted machine because when you get to these deeper tracks that have these gnarly bumps inside these ruts, you don't want a lot of weight on your front end because then what happens is, just like we felt in the whoops with Jet's bike, that rear end pushes so much in those ruts that you can't set up for your corner or you have to let off because you're diving into these ruts. So it's just a different type of feeling because these guys ride differently. I'm sure Honda, and what I've what I've heard is Honda actually have given some of these choices to him and he preferred what he has. Granted, do I know everything that goes on inside of Honda? No. But from what I can tell, Chase prefers this type of feel, and I think he gets that feeling from two things. Uh, he doesn't have that added material onto his frame. He doesn't have that. And then he has a BFRC shock that has a thick, dead feeling. I prefer Chase's rear shock when I landed off of that road jump in the back. You land off that where all the jump... Um, where all the guys whip really hard, do oppos, and you know it's where all the bangers are at Washougal, right? You have to make a left-handed corner right when you land. And like I said, that jump is steeper and, and higher than I thought it would be. So you really have to set yourself up to get in that corner. I liked Chase's shock a lot because when I landed, if I came up a little short, it didn't want to load and then unload on me really quick. Jet's unloaded a little bit quick for me there, although was still good. Jet's bike was just a little bit calmer in the rear for me. I'm sorry, Chase's bike was a little bit calmer in the rear for me than Jet's bike. Just in those situations. So think of a jump that you land and then no throttle afterwards. You have to set up for a corner. In those situations, Chase's bike was better in that situation. There just wasn't enough of those situations on Washougal to make me go, yeah, I would like that better. But again, like I said, Chase prefers more of a, of a weighted rear end versus uh, a weighted front end. Now, that doesn't mean Chase's bike felt rear end low. If you watch Dylan Ferrandez's bike, you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, it looks low, like he's riding a Harley down the I-15. Chase's bike is really balanced. It's even. There's not a lot of pitching front end. There's not a lot of a uh, lot of squat when I'm under the throttle. It's really, really neutral, and it has a lot of comfort if I'm landing in some bumps. Like I said, it just feels like it's a firmer natured Honda, more so like a Honda for us production idiots. Now, what I do notice with Chase is his engine is so much more aggressive down low than Jet's. His rear wheel breaks loose a lot more for me than than Jet's bike does. Chase's bike has a lot of low-end response. When I rolled out into the track, kind of went, yeah, I was like, whoo, here we are. Here's the power. Like, it's, a, it's very, very responsive. So for me, that doesn't translate into being as connected as Jet's bike. Again, it's, I'm not the rider. Riders can set up their bike as whatever they want. I do not know... The differences in the engine between Jet and Chase, but I feel like it's more than just an ECU setting. I feel like there's some difference between the cam and the timing and the ECU between the two bikes. Uh, just because there is a lot of front side, a lot of low end on Chase's bike versus Jet. Jet is like a linear, uh, it just, it, 
it's so easy to ride, but Jet has that power right out of the hole. Rah! Like, it just gets you right out of there really quick, which allows me to ride in third gear more. I could just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to ride in third gear, where I could have rode in second in this on Jet's bike, which is fine. But for me, the window is narrower on Chase's bike of how you prefer to ride. Um just because of how much response there is. Like, I, I'm like, hey, man, I have to ride in third gear because I don't want all that hit down low. So to me, the window's a little bit narrower. Again, Chase can last 30 plus two. I can't. If I was in 15 minutes in a moto, I'd be like, oh, shit, third gear all the time. Just so I can... And it, and it pulls it just fine. And then there's a lot of connectivity. There's a lot of rear-wheel traction in third gear, but there's just not as much rear-wheel connectivity in second gear on Chase's bike versus Jet's bike. If I can explain it to make it easier without me just babbling on about this, because I can make a fucking two-hour podcast. We can just talk about this shit so long. I mean, my brain is wide open right now. If I can tell you this, it feels like Chase's bike is more super crossy than Jet's bike. Jet's bike feels like I'm an outdoor guy. I'm riding outdoors. Like I feel like the GP riders would appreciate Jet's bike. Chase's bike feels aggressive, feels Americanized. It feels like I'm ready for Supercross. I have a lot of front side. And I would hate to feel a Supercross bike. Holy shit. If I'm thinking there's a lot of low end on Chase's bike, I mean, I, I would venture to say maybe he has even more for a Supercross bike. Wow. There is a lot. When you go up, you know, Horsepower Hill at Washougal and you're on Chase's bike, I'm shifting to fourth because it's it's pulling so hard in third that I have to shift to fourth because I simply can't just hang on to it. And Jet's bike, I didn't have to do that. I could leave that thing in third. It's so long, and it was friendlier to me. So Chase is much more of a man than me. If we're dick measuring, he's bigger. Like, I, I'm just, I'm older. I suck. I can't hang on it. And that's why these factory bikes are unique because they're tailor-made for each rider. But it's awesome to feel what each rider wants. And that was a really cool experience for me is to see how exactly each rider prefers their setup. And these bikes came directly from Saturday. They washed them, put new shrouds on them. I got the same tires they ended with the second moto, like spec tire, everything. This is exactly how they rode them. I didn't change levers. I didn't change the handlebar position. I just sat on them. Okay. Rode away. That's how I rode him. So with Chase's fork, because we didn't cover this, Chase's fork doesn't have that initial movement like Jet. It is a softer than what I thought it was going to be. It's a softer feeling, but not as quite as soft initially as, as Jet's. But the mid-stroke of the fork, we talked about that shelf, that harshness. I feel like there's more of that within Chase's fork than Jet's. What I call, and I told Lars and the guys this, what I call cheap dampening feel, it feels like there's more cheap dampening in the mid-stroke on Chase's fork than Jet. Jet had more of a quality dampening feel in the mid-stroke. Chase had this, like, all of a sudden I'm using the, the initial part of the stroke, and all of a sudden, bam, it just would stop in the mid-stroke. Like, it took me a lot to break through that shelf to get down until the end stroke. And then once I got to the end part of that stroke, it almost was soft. It was like kind of empty. There's just so much meat and beef within that mid stroke, man. Like 
again, Chase is 185. I'm 175, so I'm 10 pounds lighter and a hell of a lot slower. It took a lot for me to break, to break through that mid-stroke feeling. Again, we talk about a window. How much window is there? Um, Chase's bike just felt like there was less window for me to move around. If I wanted to ride like this, maybe I couldn't. With Jet's bike, if I wanted to ride a certain way, it allowed that. And I wanted to switch to another way, it allowed that. Chase's bike was like, this is built one way, bro. This is how you're going to ride. And if you don't ride like that, you're fucked. Like I, That's what I felt like Chase's bike was. Again, and I don't want to like say it wasn't it wasn't good because it was it was really good. It just didn't have the window as Jet's bike. Again, my opinion, I'm slow, I'm old. I can ride a dirt bike fairly well, but nothing like these guys, right? I'm not in shape like these guys. Like I can just feel my way around a bike and if it was me, I would try to get a little bit of a wider window for Chase just to open up his riding a little bit because if he wanted to switch it up a little bit in a certain section of the track, I think he would be able to do that and maybe have less mistakes. I don't know. I'm I'm not working for the factory team. I'm not the smartest guy out there, but being a test guy and I've been a part of some of these race teams, I, I would try to get a little bit of a wider window for Chase just so he could open up his riding a little bit and maybe cause less mistakes for him. That's what I would do. I just feel like, okay, Chase rides like this. Let's make a bike like this, and that's what he got. Well, if he varies away from that within a moto, which we've seen, it doesn't appreciate that. If he is not spot on, the bike will bite him or the setting will bite him. Jet, you don't have to be spot on to ride his setting. That's what I've got. Um, Chase's bike, again, let's recap. More aggressive of an engine. More precise of a chassis. Like, here's what I got. You ride it like this, you're going to be rewarded. Um, jumping down the hills on Chase's bike. A little bit better. More comfort because I could slam into things harder. I could come off of the, the drop in the middle part of the Washougal track where they have the S-turns. You make that left-right. I could jump farther down in there and set up for the corner easier because the front end wasn't diving quite as much as Jet's bike. But that's one area. I'm going to think one, two. Two areas of the track where I thought Chase's bike was better than Jet. Everywhere else, Jet bike felt better. That's what I felt. So that that's that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I could sit here and talk for another hour be besides the differences of these things and really, <laughs> really try to guess, but I, I'm not here to guess. I'm just giving you guys the feeling you guys were sitting there wondering, what's that feel like, I wonder? And I got the chance to do that, man. I had the chance to ride these three bikes. Unbelievable. And it makes me appreciate these riders even more when I watch them on Saturdays is how well they ride their bikes. Chase passed me in, in when we were riding yesterday, and I'm like, fuck, man. He rides unbelievable. Like, he gets on the gas really, really early as well. But you watch Jet. And he gets on the gas earlier than that. So I'm like, God, it just it makes me appreciate how good these dudes are. And it, it's amazing. So really unique situation for me. It brings a, a little thing, little things like technique to light of why these guys ride the way they do and how awesome factory teams are to custom 
make their machines to what uh, these guys ride. I think something was said on um, the show with Ricky on one of the, the motocross shows on the broadcast. It was like, you know, these guys can ride any type of bike. And I don't really agree with that, so to speak. Like, you know, the window is still the window. And most of these guys, I, from what I can tell, most of these guys' factory bikes are like Chase's bike. It's built one way, and you got to adapt your way around. Where Jet's bike, I feel like it's a wide window, and you can ride it however you kind of want to, and it allows that. And I feel like the factory teams should try to aim for that style because if Dylan Ferrandis is a bulldog and he hammers, sure, let's try to build a bike that does that for him. But what about deep into a moto when – there is a little bit of a sloppy technique, and granted, these guys are getting a little bit tired at times, or maybe he's in a battle and he gets tired quicker than normal. How does that bike react then? So it's a very, very hard window. It's like a moving target to get the bike that good, but Honda has seemed to found <laughs> a special thing with Jet's bike, and I'm not going to say it's all Honda. I'm sure it's Dazzy and Jet and the whole team, and because it takes a whole team to make a bike this good. But, yeah, man, I had a big hard-on for Jet's bike. Like, I'm fairly transparent guy, and when I ride a Honda, I don't get that excited. And then you ride an HRC Honda, you're like, ooh, these are the reasons why I want to be on a factory team, a red factory team, if I'm a rider out there, right? This is the reason right here. Like, holy shit, amazing. A lot of options over there, HRC Honda, and uh, they do a great job. But, man, that is the breakdown of the engine and suspension. Ergonomically, let's go over this really quick just so uh, it's it's pretty unique for me to sit on all these guys' bikes. Again, if I was going to pick a bike that I thought was just to hop on it and ride the most comfortable, I would say Jet's handlebar peg seat setup was the most comfortable. Uh, I like Jet's handlebar. He runs a stock Honda bar, which is the width that I like it. Chase runs uh, a different bar that's a little bit wider. Uh, I want to say 827, Renthal Fat Bar, 827, and that is a little bit of a wider bar. He rolls his bars back a little bit for how tall he is, but pretty comfortable. Uh, Chase's clutch, man, it is very, very stiff. It's a it's a whole different hydraulic system, but, man, it is a stiffer nature clutch. It's a little bit more on-off feeling than Jet's clutch. Jet's clutch lever is not as hard, is shorter, which was really weird for me because you feel like you got a longer lever, the pull would be easier, but Chase's bike, uh, Chase's clutch had a really stiff pull. Jet's bike, shorter lever, stock, I want to say it's a stock Honda clutch lever maybe reshaped a little bit or filed because it felt really nice and round, um, but more production esque than than from what I felt from Hunter and uh, Chase's bike. Um, another thing that I thought was unique is Jet uses the uses these little uh, these gripping pieces on the end of his frame, like the rear part of the frame. I did notice that, so I can grip the bike a lot better on Jet's bike than I could Chase's bike, and uh, for whatever reason, and it and that really made a difference in some of these corners when I'm trying to get my foot back on the peg and find the peg and try to be in the right spot on my foot. You can really slam your boot against this and kind of feel your way around the bike down there better uh, than Chase's bike. 
Um, past that, they were all pretty close. Again, tight steering for Hunter and Jet. Very, very tight. Their levers are pointed inward. Um, it took me a little while to get used to that. I thought it was funny because Steve said, yeah, I don't, I don't like your, your clutch Jet. And Jet's like, why? He's like, well, I go to pull it in and it hits my knuckles. And we're like, why the fuck are you pulling your clutch in that far in if you're hitting your knuckles? You don't need it to pull it that far in. It engages within an inch. You don't have to pull the clutch lever that far in. So he got a little shit for that from Jet, which I thought it was funny. Um, but, man, yeah, past that, spec tires are amazing. I wish most of you guys could experience spec tires. I wish Dunlop would actually sell a spec tire because it would change your life. Uh, amazing tire, amazing feel. You have a lot of squish. You have tons of lean angle traction. Spec tires are insane. Love it. Vibration, almost non-existent on Hunter and Jet's bike. More vibration on Chase's bike. Both of these guys, actually all of them, all run a lot of throttle play. I'm not a big throttle play guy, but they do run quite a bit of throttle play within their, their throttles. And, man, uh, that wraps it up. I feel like um, as I'm looking over the sheets that I did, eh, that's pretty much it. And uh, let's see. Hold on one second. Let's see. Uh, we talked about the ECU. We talked about the aggressiveness of Chase's bike. Um, That's about it. I'm looking over these notes. We're good. So unbelievable chance for me to ride these bikes. And now I'm going to look at these guys a little bit different of different uh different light when I watch them race. So hopefully you learned something out of this and when you guys watch them on the broadcast you can kind of relate to what I'm talking about now. I know some of this podcast is a little bit jabby, takes long, but I'm actually thinking out loud to you. This is like me writing an evaluation sheet, uh, <laughs> an evaluation sheet out loud. So when I do my evaluation sheet or I'm downloading information to some of these these uh, companies that I'm talking about, this is basically how it sounds. Sure, may not be that interesting to listen to, but this is the actual, uh, what do we call it? Um, testing in the wild. This is what it's like. There's a lot of different terms. There's a lot of thinking involved before you speak. So sorry if this podcast didn't flow as well as others, but I'm trying to think back when I uh, rode these bikes and give you the information and give you the experience for me because I get excited when I talk about doing this stuff, man. It is, it gets me going. Racing doesn't even do this for me. Like racing, being on the gate, like that is not as, not as exciting as testing this kind of shit. I love blind testing. If you give me something, I love to give feedback without even knowing what the fuck's going on. I purposely walked away from Steve when he was downloading information about another bike to Lars and the guys because I don't want to know. I just want to feel my way around and, and, and tell the guys what I feel because, man, it is interesting. It's fun. It's exciting, especially when I feel things that I've never felt before. It's like I pop my cherry in some of these things on Sunday. Unbelievable. And you guys remember when you popped your cherry. That was an unbelievable experience. <laughs> it was awesome. That's what I did yesterday and some of these uh, portions of the bike, things that I've never felt. Very, very cool. So thank you to the HRC Honda guys and Lars and the mechanics for hanging out, waiting for our dumb asses to be around. It's a very, very fun experience. We're doing a feature in RacerX about this. There will be a RacerX video. Obviously, it'll be on the Pulp MX show. We're going to talk about that. So there's going to be a shit ton of information out there. If it's not enough information for you, 
Chris at KieferIncTesting.com. I'll try to explain it briefly. I'm not going to write a fucking novel to you guys about it. All right? I don't got that much time. But if there's something that you want to know that maybe I didn't cover, hit me up. I'm happy to help you. Our door is always cracked for you guys out there, unlike other media outlets where they shut it and close it in your face. We're not like that. We're going to talk to you guys about dirt bikes, get excited, and hopefully answer your questions and get you motivated to ride because, man, yesterday got me motivated to ride. I'm headed for Loretta Lynn's. We're going to be two weeks without a show. I apologize, but tis the season for Loretta Lynn's and for me to suck my bank account dry. So please, go buy some merch if you can. This helps the Loretta Lynn journey. Uh there is some merch up on our site right now. We got new hoodies. I know it's 187 degrees outside right now, but you'll need a hoodie at some point. Buy one. It helps us. Heather at KieferIncTesting.com is the lady, the lovely lady of merch, Heather. If not, just go to the shop on our website, KieferIncTesting.com, and just go buy something. It helps us out a lot, so thank you guys for doing that. And support our advertisers. They help this thing keep the show up and moving, plain and simple. We wouldn't be here without our advertisers and support them. Buy the products because if if they're on this show, they're they're good products. We don't we don't really fuck around with shitty products on this show. Trust me, I could have a lot more money, but I choose not to and just try to try to give you guys the good stuff here on our show and on our website. So thank you for joining me. Hope to see you guys at the track. We'll see you in two weeks when we get back from the ranch, and maybe we'll see you at the ranch. We're going to be uh, breaking the ranch down. I'm going to bring some podcast equipment with me to do daily breakdowns i might say daily maybe every other day breakdowns of what's going on at the ranch so yes we will have a show but it's basically a loretta lynn show it's not a testing based show so hope to see you guys back here in a couple weeks for a testing based show if not we'll see you at the ranch